If you listen closely, you might be able to hear my son Carson practicing his drums two floors below the ironing board studio as we get ready for another episode of Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. After a false start with a computer that wasn't working right, we're going to have some, uh, we're going to do some fun stuff today. I've got what I believe might be the worst song of the pop era. And there's some bad songs in the pop era. This might be the very worst. And you don't hear it on the radio anymore for a good reason. Also, found a really cool article, 10 Mistakes That Smart People Never Make Twice. You're a smart person. That's why. Look at you, you smart person. You listen to the podcast trying to learn from other people's mistakes, being conscientious of not being a giant screw-up. So, hey, I appreciate it. Let's get started with this week's podcast of Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Hey, it's almost the holidays. Uh, we're about a week and a couple of days away from Christmas. And I've, I've said this before, you know, you might be listening to this in the middle of July. So, um, uh, you know, I think a lot of the things on the podcast are, I mean, they're good for any time of the year because basically the podcast is talking about things that we've learned in life or that I've learned in life that I want to pass on to you based on the book, Take a Shower, Show Up on Time and Don't Steal Anything, which makes an excellent Christmas present, by the way. Um, and I think you can still get it down at Barnes and Noble or Amazon. And Amazon sends everything in what three hours? Are you shocked sometimes when you order something on Amazon and then like a day later it's like, whoa, there it is. Do you have an excess of cardboard boxes piling up in your house or in your garage? The cardboard industry must be doing a really great job right now and making bank because uh, cardboard boxes are all over in our house. I. I don't think that we're ordering that much stuff. I think we're ordering stuff that comes in big cardboard boxes. They like put a thimble in a giant cardboard box. No, I did not actually order a thimble. I'm just kind of making a point. So, all right. Hey, let's get started with um, the, the podcast and kind of what's going on. Um, uh, we're going to talk about some stuff from the book. I found an awesome article about mistakes that people, ne smart people never make twice. And a lot of them are ones that maybe you've heard of, but I think there's some really good insights in there too. And uh, I believe every one of them is true. Hey, um, it is the Christmas season. I just had an observation last night. I want to ask you a question, something to ponder. So uh, it's the season when people are getting together for, you know, office parties or neighborhood neighborhood parties or whatever. Um, and you, you get together and you have conversation, you're making small talk, and sometimes you're having a great time, and sometimes you can notice this, and I notice this too, the person that you're talking to is losing interest. How can you tell they're losing interest? Because their eyes start to flit about the room for either someone to come rescue them from you, or they're looking for an escape route. They're like, hmm, where's my partner? Maybe I should go check on her. Where is somebody who can bail me out? And I notice that I get to a certain point in conversations, I think everybody does, where you kind of read that other person and you see that they are losing interest and they kind of want to go talk to somebody else. Or you are the person losing interest and you kind of want to go talk to somebody else. So that begs my next question. How do you get out of that situation? This is what I've learned. Um, just, just 
find an excuse. They will appreciate it as much as you. And it might seem a little bit rude and a little bit awkward, but I've noticed that if you just go, hey, you know what? I'm going to go check on my partner right now. I'm going to go check on my husband. I'm going to go check on my wife right now, whatever. Um, You know what? I'm going to go to the bar. I'll see you in a little bit. Good talking to you. Um, And they are, like I said, usually as grateful that you've ended a conversation that has run its course as you are. So let's say you and I are talking somewhere. Of course, you and I, if we were to talk, we would hang out for hours with an endless stream of brilliant conversation. Am I right? But if we kind of ran out of things to say, it'd be like, you know what? Hey, it was good talking to you. I'm going to go to the bar right now. Hey, you know what? It was good talking to you. That's a really funny story. I will run into you a little bit later on. And don't think twice about it because they're just as happy as you are that you ended a conversation that was dying anyway. All right, I got an email. I got a couple of emails this week, but one that I really wanted to um, uh, to read here. Uh, and this is from Taylor. Let me find it. Taylor wrote, and she said, Taylor Froelich. I'm going to guess Taylor is a woman, although it could be a guy. I'm not really sure. Taylor writes, Dave, I just want to say thank you for this week's podcast topic. I won't bore you with a long list of details, but it really put some things into perspective for me and made me tackle a list of shit that I've been putting off for weeks. Well, last week on the podcast, one of the things we talked about was um, like motivational quotes, but we also talked about screen time and the app on your phone, on your iPhone anyway, I'm not sure if it's on an Android, that tells you your screen time. I got a report last Sunday, and I got one again this Sunday at the same time my wife did about screen time, and it tells you how much time you spent per day. Me, I think four hours and 21 minutes on my phone. Now, that's everything from texting to watching a YouTube video. So if you watch a 10-minute YouTube video, you get 10 minutes on your phone. You watch an hour YouTube video, maybe on Netflix, that's an hour on your phone. Uh, I think I had 121 pickups per day. That means I pick up my phone 121 times a day. Anyway, Taylor goes on to say, also, I recently got a new iPhone, which has the screen time feature on it. And when I got my weekly report, I was horrified by the reality of my phone usage. I'm a stay-at-home mom. Oh, Taylor is a woman. I'm a stay-at-home mom, and it's easy to use my phone constantly, but that's no excuse. In the last few days, I've cut my screen time by over 35% and really focused on not checking emails, Instagram, Facebook, and playing games whenever possible. Also, not falling asleep, watching YouTube, or streaming shows. Wow, what a difference in my sleep quality. I know I'm sitting this pretty late at night, but your podcast has been running through my mind all day. Anyway, love the podcast and the morning show. I appreciate what you do from Taylor. When did she send this? 12.38 in the morning, so a week ago, early, or actually middle of last week. Uh, Taylor, I appreciate that. I think that the screen time thing is something that really does open our eyes. I would have never believed that I spend one-sixth of the entire day That's the entire day, not just waking hours, on my phone, one-sixth. Wow. Two things about a phone that I want to share with you. Number one, my cousin Brian, and I think he listens to the podcast once in a while. I know some family members do. Brian is my age, a couple of years younger. He does not have a cell phone, not just a smartphone. He does not have a cell phone. And good for him. Brian told me last night we were talking on the phone. I called him on his landline to chat and say hi, catch up on some things. Uh, and and we were talking about being, you know, like a type B personality, a little bit intro- introverted. And Brian's like, you know, I think I'm more of a type C. And I'm like, okay, 
that's funny. Uh, a little bit more of a type B than your regular type B, a type C. Where are you? Are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? Are you a type C like my cousin Brian? Uh, we were talking about how we had a neighborhood party last night, and I said, you know, I'll have a great time. I love the people there. They're the coolest people ever. Um, but after about three hours, I'm kind of tapped out. And at three hours, there were still people coming into this party. Um, uh, this party with people my age went until past two in the morning. Is that crazy? I'm like, oh my God, by two in the morning, I was sound asleep. One other cell phone note. Today, my son Carson and his dopey buddies went to the Vikings game. They had a great time. But Susan had the tickets on her phone. They're electric tickets, electronic tickets. You couldn't print them out. She had them on her phone in an app. She could not figure out how to transfer them to Carson's phone. So she had to, believe it or not, last resort, what do you think she did? She gave her phone to Carson to take to the Vikings game. That way he could just open up her phone, show the tickets, and get in. Because we couldn't figure out how to transfer to his phone. But her not having her phone all day was weird for her and weird for me. She went to Ridgedale. She went to Penny. She went to some other places. And we could not text. She couldn't text to say, hey, what about this? Or, hey, I'm buying somebody this. What do you think? She couldn't text. And I couldn't text her. So after about four hours, I'll be honest with you, I started getting nervous. I was like a little worried about her. Well, is she okay? Well, what if she got in a car wreck? I wouldn't have any idea if she got a flat tire because we couldn't text each other. We had become so reliant and dependent on our phones. No secret, right? But even for a few hours to not have her phone was kind of weird for both of us. All right. Every time we do a, a podcast, we do a chapter from the book. So let's cover that right now. This is actually one of my favorite chapters, and uh, I really live this chapter, and I encourage you to do it too. Might have covered this one on a previous podcast, but it bears repeating in case you missed it or you just need a reminder. Chapter number 77, Forget the Dolphins, Swim with Your Kids. And this is based on the idea that people are like, I want to swim with the dolphins. That's my dream. I want to swim with the dolphins. I'm like, well, the dolphins don't want to swim with you. I mean, if that's your dream, more power to you. Does nothing for me. Dolphins are beautiful, but I don't really want to swim with the dolphins. So I kind of make a little joke that you should swim with your kids. If you're a parent, the chapter goes, you'll understand that I like to think of myself as a cool parent. When my daughter was 13, she wanted to learn how to snowboard. So we took lessons together. I could have stayed in the warm lodge sipping a domestic bottled beer and reading People, back when people used to read magazines, right? Nope, I was out there with her, tumbling uncontrollably down the hill, muttering obscenities and getting big bruises. And we loved every minute of it. We still snowboard together today. We did when I wrote this book, not for a long time though. Uh, if the snowboarding example doesn't work for you, let's use swimming. Go to any public pool and you'll see moms and dads sitting poolside, nodding without looking up from their phone as their kids scream, look at mommy, look it. When you go to the pool with your kids, get in and swim with them. When you go to the amusement park, go on rides with them. Your kids would much rather have great, great memories of playing Marco Polo and going on roller coasters together than the memory of being in the pool yelling, mom, watch this. And I really think that's true. I, I love it. I mean, it's one of the reasons I'm in Boy Scouts with Carson, so uh, 
I know what he did. I know what he did when he went on the camp out or to Philmont or to Seabase or to Northern Tier. I know what he did. Here's the funny thing. When your kids go somewhere, if you have kids, if your kids go somewhere, they come home and you're like, how was it? Good. What'd you do? Nothing. Your kid goes away to camp for a week, let's say. They come home. How was it? Good. What'd you do? I don't know. Camped. Happens all the time. You don't know that they, I don't know, all the cool things that they did, that they got lost on a hike or that they saw a bear or that they, you know, I, I, I don't know, that uh, Jenny got food poisoning and she was sick all night, whatever it is. You don't know this unless you go. So participate. Get in the pool with your kids. Go on the rides with your kid, with your friend, with your kids and your friends. Uh, go skiing. Learn to ski with your with your kids. Don't just sit there and let them have that memory by themselves. So swim with your kids. Forget the dolphins and swim with your kids. I like that chapter a lot. All right, moving on to something really cool that I found. And this is total plagiarism, but I'm going to give this person absolute credit for coming up with this because I really like it. Uh, it is on a website called QZ.com. And I think the QZ stands for courts. And it's written by a doctor named Dr. Travis Bradbury. And he published this just a week ago. And the, the article is called 10 Mistakes Smart People Never Make Twice. And I saw this article and I thought, my God, this is so in line with the podcast because the podcast is all about learning from mistakes hopefully, my mistakes and other people's mistakes, but let's learn from mistakes. Uh, so let's do that. Hold on. My computer's doing something weird. And hold on one second, because I've got two computers out here. And uh, okay, I guess I can do it. Um, it's doing some kind of web root secure thing. And God knows what it's doing. Anyway, 10 mistakes smart people never make. Let's dive right in. Um, and it starts with a quote that says, mistakes are always forgivable if one has the courage to admit them. Oh boy, that's one of the big things about making a mistake is we don't like to admit it. Uh, I have learned though over the years that when you make a mistake and you tell somebody, I'm sorry, that was a mistake. That's the beginning statement, the opening statement of them to say, it's okay, I forgive you, or it's okay, I understand. If you admit that you made a mistake, if you refuse to admit it, then people just get pissed off. And they're like, my God, Darren won't even admit that he was wrong. But if Darren goes, I admit it, I'm sorry, I screwed up. Well, one of the first things you're going to do is to say, Darren, that's okay. I've made a lot of mistakes too. My wife has a lot of trouble admitting she's made a mistake. She really doesn't like to. One of her most annoying mistakes was my dad, before he died 15 years ago, he had left some voicemails on my answering machine back when you had a cassette. No, it wasn't a cassette. It was electronic. Yeah, there were no cassettes on this one. Uh, it was electronic, and he had left a voicemail on there, and that was his voice. And I've still got video of my dad and my his voice, and I can go listen to it if I wanted to. But I saved this because I really wanted to be able to hear his voice, and I didn't want to delete it. She was on the phone one time on her cell phone trying to listen to voicemails, and she deleted it. And I was pissed, but I understood people make mistakes. The problem was she wouldn't say she made a mistake. 
She blamed the machine. I think she blamed me for confusing her. I don't know what it was, but I was so pissed, not because she deleted it. That sucked too. But I was like, I can't believe you can't apologize. And she's like, well, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm like, admit you made a mistake. So anyway, Bruce Lee says, um, where did it go? I'll read it to you again. Mistakes are always forgivable if one has the courage to admit them. And then another quote in here. I love this one, too. Uh, He says, when you repeat a mistake, it is not a mistake anymore. It is a decision. Whoa, that's powerful. Okay, here we go. Ten mistakes that smart people only make once. Number one. Believing in someone or something that's too good to be true. Falling for somebody who's, you know, they're telling us that, you know, they can, you can invest in this, you're going to make tons of money, or they're charming and they get you to do something that you know is too good to be true. Um, uh, and we all know, think twice about doing something that's too good to be true. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Um, Okay, I'll give you an example. Cheating on your diet. Going to the gym and then coming home and doing what I did today, having a big plate full of cookies after I was on the treadmill. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same result. I love this quote. I've heard it before. Albert Einstein said that insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Um, But I think there's a lot of people who do that. Next one, failing to delay gratification. Uh, The article talks about how we expect instant gratification. We talked about um, Amazon earlier. They deliver something like the next day. We don't have that anymore. So we need to delay gratification and use it as motivation to get us to finish a task. Okay, I'm kind of paraphrasing each one of these. I'm going to put the link to this on the Facebook page. Um, Hold on, I'm fumbling with the microphone. Uh, The microphone is extremely heavy. And I need to get a lighter one. Um, I'm going to put this on the Facebook page so you can look at this yourself. Operating without a budget. Um, hey, listen, I get it. Um, I've never. I, I grew up without a lot of money, so whatever money I had, I always thought was a lot of money. When I used to make seven hundred dollars a month. I thought that was a lot of money. And I got a raise one time when they made me public service director. They gave me an extra $25 a month. I was like, holy shit, there's my electric bill. So I've always been really lucky in that even when I didn't make very much money, I always thought it was a lot. And I treated it very carefully. But I think a lot of people have trouble with that one. Next one, losing sight of the big picture is number five. They say it's so easy to become head down busy working so hard on what's right in front of you that you lose sight of the big picture. But smart people learn how to keep this in check by weighing their daily priorities against a carefully calculated goal. Next one, not doing your homework. Everybody's taking a shortcut at some point, but whether it was copying a friend's biology assignment or strolling into an important meeting unprepared, smart people realize they may occasionally get lucky, but that approach will hold them back from achieving their full potential. So do your homework. Kind of like when I do an interview with the radio station, I always try to do a little homework on that person and ask them some things about them that might surprise them. And one of the things that I do is I ask their, they usually have a personal assistant, and I'll ask their personal assistant, what do they like to talk about? What do they not like to talk about? So I was doing homework. Trying to be someone or something that you're not is number seven in the list of mistakes that smart people 
never make twice. It goes on to say, it's tempting to try to please people by being whom they want you to be, but no one likes a fake and trying to be someone you're not never ends well. I've known people in radio who definitely pretend to be someone that they're not. And they get a little taste of fame and all of a sudden they're like a Nobel Peace Prize winner or they're a remarkably wonderful, uh, educated person. And it's like, no, you're you're just you. And I think sometimes train, trying to be something that you're not is it's it ju- it's kind of like somebody who wins the lottery, and they go from like you know being kind of you know a very down to earth person to um, all of a sudden they're wearing ridiculously expensive clothes, they talk a little bit differently, they eat at different restaurants now, and it's like, you know what? Just because you are now wealthy has not changed the person that you really are. As a matter of fact, it's changed you for the worse because everybody knows you haven't really changed, but your money situation has changed. I've known radio people and I've known celebrities who get famous Uh, A lot of new celebrities are the worst. And then you run into somebody like Will Smith, who's been doing it for years and has had ups and downs, and they're very down-to-earth and very kind. But a lot of the time, it's the new celebrities that are the worst, trying to be someone they're not. Another one, number eight, trying to please everyone. Hey, we've all done this one. Uh, It says here, smart people realize quickly it's impossible to please everybody, and trying to please everyone pleases no one. So uh, smart people know that in order to be effective, you have to develop the courage to call the shots and to make the choices that you feel are right, not the choices that everyone else will like. Number nine, playing the victim. I like this one. News reports on our social media feeds are filled with stories who seem to get ahead by playing the victim. Smart people may try it once but they realize quickly it's a form of manipulation and that any benefits will come to a screeching halt as soon as people see that it's a game. I'm going to expand on that a little bit on my own. I think there are so many people, especially in this all this talk and visibility of a mental health crisis, that now want to claim that they have mental health issues. Now, maybe they do, and you can't downplay that. But I think there are a lot of people, the same people who take 57 pictures of themselves and get just the right one to put on Instagram, or the ones who take 57 pictures of their food to get just the right ones to put on Instagram, are starting to claim to have mental health issues because sadly enough, it gets them attention. And sadly enough, it gets them likes and sympathy and comments. And I've seen some of it, and I know the sad thing is, there may be some, there are some that really do have mental health issues. But I know people who, because they're anxious, they'll say they have anxiety. They'll say something like, you know what, school is really hard right now. I have anxiety. Um, I got dumped by my partner. I therefore now suffer from depression. I'm no expert, and maybe you can correct me because I'm always trying to have an open mind, but don't you think it's true that being anxious, sad, and depressed on occasion are part of what we can expect in life? And for somebody who is sad because, well, they just, you know, they feel kind of blue, 
because things have been kind of slow lately and they're kind of down. Don't you think that it takes away the importance of someone who really does suffer from depression, maybe to the point that they're suicidal? But then here's your friend Jeffrey, who's claiming that he has depression because he's not able to make his car payment this month. Now, let me know, as I'm sure you will, send me an email to uh, Dave Ryan at kdwb.com, whether I'm way off base here. But I do think that there is some of it, because like I said, I've known some people who have never had any mental health issues that I know of that are all of a sudden proclaiming on social media that they're depressed or anxious. And maybe they are, but maybe they're not. Okay, moving on. Trying to change someone is the last point uh, in the list of things that smart people only do once. Trying to change someone. We all know this one. My boss, I had an old boss, Mick. He used to say, people change, not a lot. And he was right. People change, not a lot. And I think that's very true. Um, uh, I think that we grow up sometimes. I think that as we get older, we're maybe a little more kinder or a little more careful or we sit back and think before we speak a little bit more. And as we get older through experience and, and listening to podcasts like this, <laughs> we learn. Um, but I think if you have somebody who's always been kind of a creep, they're probably always going to be kind of a creep. I mean, I've watched some of my friends grow up from high school and people change, not a lot. The ones who were assholes in high school, they're still kind of assholes today in a different, more clever way, in a more subversive, manipulative sort of way. So wouldn't you agree with that, that people change not a lot? All right, uh, we're going to get close to the end of the podcast here, and I wanted to cover this one just for fun because it's so different and it's so stupid. The worst song of the pop era. I'm going to play a clip of it for you, but before I do, the first thing I want to do is tell you this song was a decently big song back in 1989. You might not have been alive back in 1989. Maybe you've been alive for a long time back in 1989. I heard this song the other day on Sirius XM. And I admit it, I have Sirius XM in my car because I like to listen to like comedy and I like to listen to some different things and you know, like the 70s channel and the 80s channel. And I was listening and I heard this song and I remembered we used to play it on the radio when it was new and it was a decent hit back then. It was by a girl named Samantha Fox, who at the time was about 22, 24 years old. Beautiful, hot, British blonde girl who played up her looks and her sexuality to the hilt like a lot of artists do. Um, but the song was so awfully bad, and I'd forgotten how awfully bad it was until I listened to it. And the thing that really got me is the lyrics are so inane. It's like a third grader wrote these lyrics, but even a third grader would have more respect than to come up with a song with these lyrics. The song is called... Um, I want to have some fun. And it's by Samantha Fox. I'm going to play about a minute and 20 seconds for you just so you can hear what I believe might be the worst song of the pop era. Check it out. Here's Samantha Fox. I want to have some fun. It's only a minute and a half at the most. Here we go. Hello, it's me again. 
Okay, there have been other bad songs. Barbie Girl was a bad song, but I think that was intentionally bad, like a novelty song. Uh, some other songs that, have been, that, that were bad. Uh, Black Horse and the Cherry Tree, some people actually like that one. I thought that was one of the biggest piece of shit songs I've ever heard in my life. Um, you could say that there were other songs that were really bad. Like some people would say, oh, Paula Abdul was terrible or 98 degrees or all for one or whatever was really bad or that Madonna song, whatever. But I truly believe unless you can give me a better song that is the worst or a worse song to qualify for the worst song of the pop era, I'm all ears. Send me an email to Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. All right, we are wrapping up. We are um, uh, on Facebook. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Um, I will put the link for the 10 mistakes that smart people only make once. You can read the whole article yourself. And uh, remember, you can buy the book. You can download the book. There's an idea for a free quick gift, uh, a download on a Kindle. So maybe you give somebody an Amazon gift card. I think it's $7.99 to download the Kindle version. Uh, next week, just a little development in the podcast. I'm going to try something. Uh, we might do a video of recording the podcast so you can watch a video if you want to, or you can watch the pod, listen to the podcast here on the, um, the regular way you get it, whether it's on iHeart or the podcast app on iTunes, on iHeartRadio, or even SoundCloud. Hey, appreciate your emails to Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. Appreciate your comments and your likes on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything on Facebook. Hey, listen, we got one more podcast before Christmas, and then the next one won't be until well after the new year because I'm going to be on vacation. So, have a great week. Enjoy the holiday season unless you're listening to this in September or the 4th of July. And I appreciate you. Have a good week. We'll catch you next time on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. <laughs>